0: I'm Billy Buttery and this is Food is Culture a podcast. Today's chef cooks a wide spread of cuisines and is well traveled and is from one of the world's most beautiful places. Hailing from Jamaica, private chef Romain Newell is warm, fun, extremely knowledgeable, and guts. His food is beautiful. Listening to him speak, you understand his love of ingredients and food. I love his story of being in the kitchen watching his grandparents cook and couldn't help himself from getting involved. Romaine brings up such a good point about Thai food, leaning towards vegan cooking, and I never thought of that. If you've listened to the podcast for a while, you know that I'm trying to incorporate more meatless meals, and talking Thai has me itching to get into the kitchen and whip up some dishes. Unrelated. (laughs) Jerk Pork and Festivals is one of my favorite dishes. As a kid, we spent a lot of time in Jamaica. Negril is one of my dad's favorite places, and we went yearly when I was young. I now love jerk pork and jerk chicken, but an early favorite of mine as a kid was cocoa bread with cheddar cheese. I have this vivid memory of being about three or four walking along the beach with my dad and getting to the Beachside Cafe. Their floors were painted concrete and cool on the feet. I have this memory of not being able to see over the lemon counter and my dad handed me the warm cocoa bun and the smell of slightly warm cheddar cheese filling my nose. The cheese was never sliced. It was a huge chunk (laughs) right in the middle of the bun, but I loved it. Washed down with some ting. It was wonderful. That memory is truly a happy place for me. Something I like to recreate every once in a while at home, minus the beach, unfortunately. (laughs) I hope you'll enjoy my chat with Roman. Cheers, Romaine. Thank you for joining me today. How are you?
1: I'm doing amazing. I'm doing. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure.
0: I mean, with a name like Romaine, I feel like you were just destined to be in food.
1: Ah, uh, you know what? I didn't. I didn't know that my name was a lettuce till I was 13 years old. So it's, <laughs> okay. I don't know if the destiny plays into it, but it's been fun. Um, every kitchen I've been in, they've tried to to, to come up with a new uh, anecdote to tie in my name so it's been it's been a it's been a joy for sure
0: yeah <laughs> well I love it it's fantastic
1: thank you thank you
0: um okay so I want to jump right in so how do you yes. define your cultural background
1: um Jamaican by birth so I, I grew up in Jamaica watching my grandma cook in a uh, a kitchen uh, almost like a hut house and smoking meats um from from a young age but Uh, culinary element uh, came to me when I came to uh, when I lived in Canada um, later on and just really kind of evolved as my skill set and my training went along.
0: I love that. When did you move to Toronto?
1: I moved to, to Toronto when I was 11 years old so quite young. It was the first job so it was it was a classic story of just first dishwasher job but I just took to it very quickly from a young I think probably around 15 I was cooking my first kitchen so um, it, it, it definitely allowed for, I think, a quick advancement in, in, uh, in the culinary world.
0: That's amazing. And what was the first... Um restaurants you were in like what sort of food was it
1: uh it was a corporate restaurant i think it was shoeless joe's at the time um that was across the street and then we worked i moved to an italian restaurant um when i was 16 i was so it was a it was a quick progression just uh through a couple of corporate italian style restaurants
0: i love that that's amazing <laughs>
1: um
0: what would be your favorite memory as a kid watching your your family cook in the kitchen
1: I wanted to interrupt. I wanted to be a part of it. I didn't like to watch. I wanted to get involved. Um, I think I got in trouble a couple of times, actually, as a kid, um, because, you know, your mom would leave something on the stove and she's like, don't touch it. I wanted to touch it. I wanted to kind of get get involved. So I think a couple of times I actually moved the pot off the fire when I shouldn't have, stirred something when I shouldn't have. But um, no, I was always interested. I always wanted to kind of get involved. Um, My grandfather allowed me to kind of really get involved. He showed me, gave me, actually, it was the first time I held a knife. So, I I want to be a participant early. Mm
0: I love that. I love that. what a great way to
1: learn. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hands-on is always the best way, right? Mm
0: -hmm. What was your favorite dish growing up?
1: Uh, I'm Jamaican, my birth. So it's going to be jerk pork, uh, walking through the street to Jamaica. You can kind of get it on like, um, guys would be selling it on the side of the streets at night. Um, Mm -hmm. so it's called jerk pork and festival. Uh, you can get, you can get it from different parts of the Island. So it was just a really local dish. And, uh, that was that was kind of my thing that uh, that I really wanted as a kid.
0: Amazing! That sounds so good. Yeah. So you're walking down through the streets. You're having your jerk pork and festivals. Yeah. And were you like, okay, I want to like make this myself, or this is so good, I'm not even gonna try and copy it?
1: <laughs> At that time, it's like it's celebration, it's festival, so it, it's really just as a kid, you're just you're enjoying, you're enjoying the time, you're enjoying the moment, and and that was just the thing that you could find. Um, everyone had their own kind of station set up. It was like a food truck dynamics in, in Canada now where you go to these festivals, you have different food trucks, so you can go try different things. Mm-hmm. Um, that was kind of the atmosphere. So as I grew older, you always kind of implemented those styles into your cooking. So it was just fun as, as a kid, just just reminiscing on, on that dish and as a, and enjoying those moments.
0: Would you say that Jamaican food is now your favorite to cook as an adult? Because it's, you know, home cooking for you?
1: Um, I think it is the one thing Thing that you can't mess up as a chef um I, i've uh i've traveled a little bit i've adapted a lot of a lot of cuisines it's the one cuisine that i'm very very i can probably do i'd say 10 different cuisines quite well um it's actually the one cuisine i feel a little bit of pressure cooking because i always feel like i have to make sure i get it right because mm-hmm. that's that's home right so you, there's a little bit of pressure there when you, when you put that together
0: mm-hmm. i love that <laughs> Um, does your family live here now or are they still all back in Jamaica?
1: No, I have family in Jamaica and I have um, family here all across Canada. I have family in England, um, Jamaica, Cuba, a couple of different places.
0: Oh, amazing. Yes. Well, I was going to say, is there something that like, okay, when you go back to Jamaica, it always tastes better back home?
1: Oh, everything t- always <laughs> tastes better back home. It, it, it's You can have jerk chicken, you can have all the Jamaican food you want in Canada, but when you go back home, um, it's just, it, it hits different. You hit the island and everything smells a little different. The air is a little crisper, so it definitely uh, comes off a little bit uh, natural.
0: Yes, for sure. Well, and you said, so you cook a bunch of different cuisines. So, what would yes. be your second favorite to cook?
1: I'd say Thai. Uh, I spent Ooh. I spent uh nine months in Thailand and I just really love what they do with food. I love the beaches, I love the atmosphere, I love the, the the fruits, the fish element that they do. And it's almost like a lighter cooking as well. So it's naturally a little bit healthier. They they replace a lot of their dairy with like coconut milk and alternative kind of milks. So it's it, it's a really it's really adept to what's going on culturally right now as well, just from a healthy, healthy cooking standpoint, and it just tastes really good.
0: Mm-hmm, totally. Yep. I love that. You know, I never even really thought of that, but that's so true. You know, where we're sort of leaning towards now, which is um, pescatarian, if not even vegan and less dairy in our food. And that's sort of like Thai food in itself.
1: Yeah, no, it's a natural uh, natural adaptation to kind of that, uh, that dynamics of cooking. So I just thought it's translated really well, uh, bringing that skill set back uh, back to North America when I came back home.
0: So where was your first trip um, when you were 11, when you moved? Or did you had you traveled before then, outside nope. of Jamaica?
1: Nope, that was my first trip. First time on a plane, all by myself, at 11 <gasps> years old.
0: Oh my goodness. Yes. <laughs> do you remember what your first meal was when you came to Canada?
1: Uh, I do. Fruit Loops. <laughs> My dad had had two cabinets ready to go with Froot Loops because he asked me what I wanted and I said, hey, listen, make sure you have Froot Loops and cabinet. And it was Froot Loops and milk.
0: That's amazing.
1: (laughs) I I actually always remember that.
0: So funny. I love that. Is there something like from your childhood that whenever you make it, you're like, oh, this is so good and just like transports you to the beach? Like what's your favorite dish to make?
1: It's a lot of the times now, unless I'm cooking in like a really family dynamics a lot of it's just really a lot of client-based cooking. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I'll be honest. I hardly get to cook like home, home cooking stuff. A lot of it's really uh, designed for cookbooks for clients where there's private chef and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I'd say actually for me, when I go home and just I'm hanging out with my pops and he just starts going into that Jamaican bag, I actually just like sitting back and watching him do work um, because he's, he likes to remind me that even though I'm a top-class chef, uh, everything I know I learned from him. <laughs> it's always uh, it's always good to kind of just sit in the kitchen and just not have to cook and just watch him do what he does and just it kind of brings me back home actually. I love that. Yeah. Well, and
0: no matter what, I think no matter how great a chef you become, you know, there's nothing like your parents cooking.
1: Exactly. I don't know how the, why it works that way, but no, it <laughs> absolutely is it, absolutely true. I will always sit down and um, people always ask me, "Is your is your dad just as much of a good as cook?" And I always tell them, is, "He's actually a really." Good could cook um but yeah no it's absolutely true
0: I am um, I saw a talk with Nigella a couple years ago at George Brown and she was saying um, she goes you know maybe my mom isn't like the best cook but there's really like nothing like her roast chicken like I will eat that you know, it's oh. my favorite. Like I'm, you know, I eat out a lots and I have the privilege of eating with all these different restaurants and I'm a chef myself, but yeah, like mom's cooking is <laughs>
1: <laughs> mom's cooking, mom's cooking, dad's cooking. It just hits different.
0: Yeah, for sure. For clients. So I am obsessed with your Instagram. It's so beautiful. All of the food so much. is Thank so, you so gorgeous. Much. I, appreciate <laughs> I
1: appreciate that. Thank you.
0: So do you prefer when clients come to you and are like, okay, this is what I like? Or when you're, when they're just like, you know, just whatever you want to cook.
1: Um, it all depends, right? Uh, we, I have clients that will come to me and I'll cook for them for three days straight, breakfast, lunch and dinner, and they'll say, whatever you want. And that kind of puts me into a really creative bag, right? I can just really start to go adventurous um, with, uh, with where things are. But I also like someone who knows what they want. Cause that also presents its own challenge as well. Like uh, I'll have clients that'll say, I went to France for my honeymoon. Um, and I want you to recreate a French style dish that'll that'll take me back there. And, and to, to execute on that is always kind of fun as well, to just really, really hone in on that kind of skill set um and and deliver on that kind of experience. So I like the challenge, to be honest with you. So I like when someone defines something, what they want. But I also like the ability to just really get creative um, and take take people in different places that they might have never been.
0: I love that. So like someone sort of gives you um, maybe a memory or like a framework, but then you get to kind of like remix and, you know, yeah. set the tone for what the meal is. I love
1: that. You put your own stamp, stamp on it, right? As, as a chef, you're always you can recreate anything. You can make a recipe, but you always almost have to put your own stamp on something. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that stamp kind of defines your creativeness and really drives home what you're trying to do.
0: I love that. Is there a certain dish that like you're like, okay, this is always my showstopper. This is my favorite. This is like, I know I can like wow them with this.
1: Ah, uh, that's a good question. That's a really good question. Um, I know that there's five flavor. There's five flavors across the board, right? There's there's just the elements of taste. So it's sweet, sour, salty, and and spicy across the board, and bitter. So. I know that if I can execute four out of five of those flavors on a dish, I normally can impress them really well because it's just, it'll take you in different places and the effect of that, putting that together. There's a butternut squash gnocchi that I have on my menu that I've kept on my menu for three years. And I think it kind of executes on that. It's just really, really nice, sweet, savory, maple syrup, spice. Mm -hmm. Um, and then i take dehydrated tomatoes and dry them out for 24 hours so they're like really sharp and tart um and then i have like a nice dry parmesan on top with a little bit of bitter uh bitter green microgreens and it just really delivers on those simple flavors it's nothing crazy it's nothing extraordinary just simple recipe and just execute on each element really well and it really delivers on a really nice flavor
0: that sounds amazing i don't know if there's anything simple about that That sounds fantastic.
1: No, you just have to have fun with, with, with each ingredients, right? It's all about kind of highlighting each ingredient. And and uh, as long as you do that, normally the, the, the finished product comes out really well.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, that sounds delicious. So now I want that ASAP. <laughs> sounds
1: good. <Yeah. laughs>
0: um, so I know some chefs, especially you know private chefs, will have to also be a little bit of a baker. How do you feel about baking?
1: Honestly, I... Ha- <sighs> So I used to run a hotel out in uh, BC and it kind of humbled me in the regards to the bacon because I had to run a pastry department of 12 uh, chefs and cooks. And if you're not able to jump in there at some point and look like you know what you're doing and and, and be able to execute on what you're asking them to execute, um, it definitely looks away. So I thought just over my tenure at that time, I really grew in appreciation. Um, so as I've gone into private chef, honestly, it's it's been a part of what I've had to do. You have to have kind of a dessert element to whatever course you're working with. So um, it's actually improved my skill that I didn't know that I needed earlier on in my career. So I've uh, I've, I've embraced it. Some, uh, some chefs fight it a little bit, but I've embraced it. I've struggled through it sometimes, but it's been fun. <laughs> I love
0: that. Well, baking was sort of my foray into cooking. I I loved baking because it was so precise. Um, yes. But then as I sort of got comfortable with my baking is when I st- sort of started dabbling um, in the kitchen. And now I think I prefer cooking.
1: It's. I think I always tell young chefs when they're like fighting back against baking, I always tell them, I understand the nature of it because as cooks, it's more of a freestyle, right? You can kind of play with things. But like you just said, Baking is a precise, scientific, formulaic approach. So you can't, you can cre- you can get creative, but you have to be creative within a, di- a dynamics or parameters. So they're different skills, right? And, and for you to kind of jump between, sometimes people try to push back, but it's a learning curve. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, maybe grew up, you know, tasting and learning maybe without a cookbook and you're cooking by taste and by feel and by, you know, the look and the smell of everything. Um, And then to go with baking, it's like, well, you can't just sprinkle in as much
1: (laughs) baking soda
0: (laughs) as you want.
1: Yeah, exactly. 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 So the results requires a little bit of preciseness to it.
0: Um, so back to Jamaica. what would you say is sort of like the staple if someone, you know, maybe hasn't had Jamaican food, but I think, you know, if you live in Toronto, you've probably had Jamaican food before. But yep. if you haven't had Jamaican food before, would you say, okay, you need to have this dish? This is like the epitome of Jamaican culture.
1: Oh, see, there's a lot of Jamaican people and hopefully some Jamaican people are going to hear this hear this when 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 this is all done and i don't want to get into a feud at all so i will not speak on what i believe the epitome of Jamaican food is because if you go to different regions north is going to feel a way about a specific dish you go south you go to the west side you know i mean there's a different notion to it Mm -hmm, what mm -hmm. i will say is the flavor spice and just overall taste combination of Jamaican culture. Um, there's a really, we're known for just having a lot of flavor to our dishes, just based on the different cooking techniques that you, you find in, in Jamaica. So um, if anything, if I won't, if I wouldn't commit to a dish, I would say just the really, really strong combination of flavor profiles mixed with like seafood and, and, and like cookery that you wouldn't find because you wouldn't find beef in Jamaica, so a lot of things are either seafood or long cooked products. So you get a lot of stews, you get a lot of braising things that, uh, that really has a really lot of flavor and sometimes spice to it as well. I love that. Yeah.
0: So good. Um, and where are you from in Jamaica? Uh,
1: a place called Portmore, Kingston, capital of, uh, capital of uh, Jamaica.
0: Amazing. Yes. Are you like, that's sort of landlocked from my geography, right? Like you're not near a beach there. That's um,
1: city. E- city, but I'm not far. Uh, it's probably a 45 minute drive and I'm at the beach or probably a 20, just depending on, uh, depending on what direction you're going. That's the beauty about being on an Island, right? Yeah. You go East or uh, West. Sometimes you're, uh, you're really close to a beach.
0: That's amazing. Do you go back often? I mean,
1: uh, not as much as I'd like to. Um, I've been on the road uh, for seven years. I was in uh, BC for for three or four years as a chef. Uh, sometimes, as an executive chef, you can't. Uh, there's a four or five year stint where you don't get to leave the desk. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, not nearly as much as I'd, uh, I'd like to. But I'm definitely overdue.
0: And next to after Thailand, which it seems like you really love Thailand, yes, um, yes. what would be like another destination that you just love for the food?
1: Uh, that is a good question. Um. <laughs> I'm not gonna take shots at any countries that I didn't like the food. There's a, couple, there's a couple countries that I went to, and uh, um, I would say, uh, I'd say I'm gonna hold on to Jamaica. To be honest, Jamaica is, is still is still the top. Um, there's been some good stuff in South America. Like I really like what they do with uh, with meats and like um, Argentina and stuff like that. I work with some Argentinian chefs. I've worked with some uh, some chefs from Brazil as well. So I really have a really a high appreciation for what they do with just meat culture over there and, and their marinades and flavors. Um, mm-hmm. but it would probably be Jamaican Thai after that. Uh, I haven't been to Europe Europe yet, so I can't really speak on what they do over there culturally, but, um, Portugal has my name on it within the next year or so. So, I'll, uh, I'll keep you updated. Yes,
0: please do. I mean, I haven't been to Portugal either, but every time I like eat at a Portuguese restaurant or I talk to someone from Portugal, I'm like, oh my God, I just cannot wait to go. It sounds amazing.
1: Yeah, port- Portuguese food is one of those things. It's, it's, it's high on the list because they do a very, very close combination they're like the cousins of brazil in regards to cuisine but they're right by the water so it's re- it's a really interesting contrast as well so i'm i'm, I'm excited to see what the, what they do with food over there
0: mm-hmm. okay so if you let's say are you have a night off and you're so excited to cook for your dad and yourself and you're like okay maybe it's a little bit of a celebration maybe it's a birthday or something what are you excited to make even if you haven't maybe made it before, like something you're like, okay, this has kind of been on my radar.
1: I would say my dad is very traditional. So I would try to keep it with a touch of Jamaica, with with drive home. I have some friends that I know I can get creative with. I have a friend from uh, from Austria that I know when I get together with her, I can really, really start to play around with some things. Mm-hmm. Um She's slightly vegan sometimes, so I, I, I get to really get tested. So I did a, um, the last time we were together, I did a uh, a watermelon, smoked watermelon togarashi. Ooh. And that was a really interesting dish that I'm going to incorporate in a, um, in a gala dinner that we have later this year. So the, the concept of it is essentially, she doesn't, she's not pescatarian. She's trying to go vegan, but she, she cheats every so often. So I was like, okay, let me try and... I know she likes seafood, so I wanted to get the same texture as you would with a tuna, but out of a watermelon. So I marinated it for 12 hours in this kind of uh, soy Worcester and uh, Nori seaweed uh, marinade mm-hmm. And in order to kind of drive home a little bit of like saltiness, but a little bit like that sea oceany flavor as well. Dried mm-hmm. uh, that off the next day, smoked it in the oven for probably two hours and if you cut it into a log and you smoke it at the right temperature not too high you get like a nice char on the outside and it it wants to give you the same texture as tuna mm-hmm. if you if you just kind of just cut it in the way way um plates together so i crust it with uh with the sesame and water uh sesame and orange uh, rinds as well and with a little bit of chili powder and plate it with a really nice uh avocado aioli and a little bit of uh seaweed salad as well and it's uh I really went home oh my
0: goodness i'm sitting here amazed that <laughs> sounds a, like heaven <laughs> it
1: was it was it was fun that was uh that was one of the the, the ones that uh i really i was i've been was playing with it in my head for a while and i wanted to kind of execute on uh, on on that imitation playing with the mind kind of thing and I thought uh, I thought it uh, drove home for sure
0: oh my goodness that sounds so good and so intricate
1: yes for sure no it was uh, it was a really nice dish I'm uh, my only regret is that I didn't have a camera around to take some pictures actually
0: (laughs) well it sounds so good and I'm sure it's probably something you'll recreate and just I find especially with vegan food it does take a little bit extra time for the prep but it's the flavors that you can build upon are just so good
1: yeah it's A lot of I fought back against it. I'm. I'll be. I'll be honest and transparent earlier in my career when I was around 20 because it was not something that was we were taught and trained to be able to to understand and conceptualize. But I think if you if you take the skills that we have, it actually translates quite well in just regards to flavor building and how to be able to incorporate vegetables. It takes a little bit more time. You have to really know your kind of cookery elements, but. No, there's definitely some things you can, I've seen people do and execute where I've been in awe of it. just like for them to deliver that flavor profile with vegetables. There's some, there's some amazing things you can do for sure.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow. And I mean, that, that itself sounds so good.
1: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Okay. Well, so how can people get at you? Can they buy tickets to this gala? Can they <laughs> hire so, you?
1: <laughs> so we have an amazing kind of just Time right now, we, we've been using COVID as a time to be able to work on some projects. So uh, not only is Access Gourmet a private chef service and a personal chef service, we travel all across the GTA. Um, we've done some out of town, one-on-one. We've traveled with our guests as well. But we have built a content with some just really amazing creators that we worked with. Um, a show called Connoisseur Corners. Um, it's going to be a two times a month show that we just sit down with really innovative creators across the board, and we cook them a meal. Um, we just we tap into one of our uh, one of our menu items or something that we're working on, and we have them sit down with them, and we just have a really cool conversation while I make them a really nice dish. Um, yeah, it's just uh, we we wanted to kind of showcase. I, we we think there's some really impressive people out there. And we also think that we uh, we can make some people some really nice dishes. So we figured let's com- combine those elements um, and-, and see where that takes us. So uh, we have that on YouTube right now. That's on our Instagram page. That's on our Facebook page as well. Um, mm-hmm. Access score mail TV. And um, yeah, we have, uh, we have some really amazing things that we're working on coming up soon as well.
0: So fun. And so. I guess we're all hoping that, you know, the city, especially in Ontario, it seems like we're lagging behind a little bit with oh, the reopening. <laughs> oh, man.
1: Oh, yes, I agree.
0: Um, but you have uh, possibly some things lined up at the end of the year. So that's super exciting.
1: Yes. No, honestly, uh, we have, uh, I had, when I came home, so I was living in D.C., I came home in 20, uh, 2019, and we created a cocktail event in an art gallery for 60 people. And it was a really, really amazing event. It was really just a really amazing tone setter, kind of a welcome home uh, to me just to kind of come back to the city after seven years. We, we, uh, we executed on, on some really intricate things that I thought we could uh, piggyback off of. So we are looking to replicate that model again. I think food and art is very, very unison in, in their approach. So we're looking to be able to have another semi-formal gala style dinner event but in an art gallery to showcase some art pieces um to hopefully feature some some local musicians as well in the same atmosphere and to really just try to bring food art and music into the same space um because it's really something that uh that we that we look to try to bring wherever we have events across the board
0: to me your food looks like art in itself so
1: thank you i appreciate that it's it's we eat with our eyes, right? And I, I think at the end of the day, for chefs anywhere, though, any one of them will tell you a lot of what we do takes creation. We play with it in our head first and then we have to make it come on to live on a plate. So it, it's really... We try to to build it as such.
0: Well, and I mean, even just, you know, talking to you um, for the little time I've known you now, (laughs) I can tell that you just, you love food and you love ingredients and um, you really look at them as sort of, you know, your paints on your palette and how you can sort of create your own masterpieces.
1: I think if you understand each element to it, it, you can just really, you see someone, I have a 14 year old uh, stepsister and she's, I think she's a savant when it comes to painting and just drawing and i'll watch her take a pencil crayon of i think probably 26 colors 24 colors and she'll use all of them in a drawing and you'll i i can't imagine how she could do it but i think it's just kind of the same thing right you take these ingredients and you understand them and you just really be able to build build different things with them and and use them uh in different ways
0: i love that Exactly. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. I want to wrap it up with some sort of silly rapid fire questions if you're (laughs) in. Of course,
1: of course.
0: (laughs) Okay. Uh, Water or land? Water. Apple or pineapple? Pineapple. Favorite drink? Uh, Pineapple soda. Mm, Yes. Great. (laughs) Of course. Um, Okay. So imagine you're in a cafe anywhere in the world. and you hear you know glasses clinking people chatting maybe some music what city are you in
1: I am in a French city off the coast called Nice and there's Pinot Grigio being poured because I bought everybody in the villa cafe a bottle of Pinot Grigio
0: (laughs) I love that and are you sitting inside or outside outside imagine admiring the view
1: Oh, it has to be outside. I spent too much time in the kitchen. It has to be outside. I have to have a white fedora on possibly and some form of unnecessary button down white shirt.
0: <laughs> just blowing in the wind.
1: Yeah, it's blowing in the wind. It's it's been it's kind of just formulated. That's that's the way I want to play it.
0: Perfect. And then are you eating something?
1: Uh, probably a charcuterie board. Um, cause I'd be curious what, uh, what, what the French would be doing with that over there. Something, something light with, with, with a bottle of wine.
0: Mm-hmm. Are, are you with anybody?
1: Uh, that's a million dollar question. Um, <laughs> most likely, most likely. I think that, uh, I've, I've said jokingly over the years that I'll save Europe um for when I'm in love because I think uh, I think Europe's history and architecture requires that kind of space so I, I would hope so
0: I love it okay and if you were to pick a food to describe your personality what would it be
1: Ooh, just one one particular item
0: you can pick an item you can pick a dish you could pick um oh, anything really Wow,
1: that is man I never thought of that that's an interesting question. Um, food. I would say a mango because I used to have a mango tree in my front yard when I was in Jamaica. I used to climb it. And if you catch a mango with the right color at the right time of year, it is one of the most sweetest, greatest fruits in the world. And I mean, if you catch me in the right time of the day, I'm very charming. So
0: (laughs) I love it. Wait a minute. Hold, stop the press for a second. You had a mango tree in your front yard. Yeah. Oh, that, oh my goodness! I can just imagine the smells. It was really yeah.
1: so lovely. No, it was good uh, when when you had that summertime and they're all ripe. You when that morning morning sun hits them, it's uh you can't replace that uh, that smell for sure.
0: Oh my goodness, I'm always so, I mean, I grew up in Toronto, I've lived here my whole life, so when people tell me they have, like, fruit trees in, 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 their, front all, yard, in yeah. their front yard or, like, an orchard in their backyard, I'm always so amazed and just, like, oh my goodness, that sounds like heaven, that sounds like, you know, a place that doesn't even exist to me, it's oh, wonderful.
1: This, listen, it, it exists in Canada, I recommend, you t- if you ever get the opportunity to take your family, go to a place in BC called Kelowna. And probably around July or so. And if you go to the apple farms in Kelowna, when the hill hits and the sun hits it, it is magical. So, oh, that sounds wonderful.
0: Yes, wonderful. Okay, well, thank you so much, Amanda. I had so much fun today.
1: Absolutely. I appreciate your time and thank you for having me.
0: Thank you. Have a great night.
1: Have a good one. Thanks. Bye.
0: Wasn't that great? I had so much fun chatting with Romain. His passion for food is infectious. I wanted to talk about the elephant in the room, or should I say the giant Eiffel Tower leering over one of the last questions I asked all guests. Although Romain didn't say Paris when envisioning himself at a cafe, it was France. And I could go back and count, but I think it's safe to say nine out of 10 past guests can't wait to sit in a little Parisian cafe. Fair, that's what I envisioned when writing the question. So maybe it's a bit too leading. Or maybe the romanticism of Paris has been ingrained in all of our subconscious. I will be switching up the question in the future, but for now, let's all take a deep breath in and out and picture ourselves in Paris at a little corner cafe, sipping a little something, nibbling on a little something, and maybe even Frenching someone special. Au revoir.